from Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. I'm Brian Maiman along with Brad Dana, Brian Martin, and Bleep. What a weekend we had. We're going to do a Hello podcast there. on it. We're going to do a podcast on it. But we're going to talk today about uh, um, the 22 Creedmoor. Um, we spent a last week or so in here building that puppy out, and Brad and I finished it on a Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Friday. You know, we finished it a while ago, and we've kind of gone back and forth. And we oh, kinda, we didn't. We finished it, finished it. We finished it, it finished it. it. On, on Saturday. We, it took us a while to figure it out, though, 100%, the way we wanted it. Yeah. But, oh, did we figure it out. But first, before we do that, just a quick reminder today, because I always do a bad job of this, okay? Um, and I'm going to do a good job today. Go ahead and visit rollingbones.com. Check out our membership. That'll help you get started on your hunting adventure of a lifetime. Our memberships are built just for you. Think of your membership as joining a very special hunt club that features all five-star concierge service with Brad Dana. Wow. <laughs> Did you like that? Wow. With Brad Dana. You can't get no better than that. <laughs> And uh, and Kelly Poole and Mary and Lindley and Brian Martin and everybody that's in here, Darren and yada, yada, yada. So uh, we got quite the staff here to serve you. But really, in all sincerity, go to rollingbones.com. We are running a, uh, a membership drive right now, and we've just announced a, uh, a draw. Super cool. Yeah. We um, should tell them a little bit about it. We will we talk do a podcast on that. We'll do a podcast on the draw, the RBO draw system. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, that's just like um, dropping a hint and then going cutting to commercial. Well, we got to talk about the 22 Creedmoor. Okay. The 22 Creedmoor is quite this little sensational popular uh, uh, caliber. When did it come out? That's I, I should have done some research on this. Um, when I mean, this is a fair. This is obviously a modern day uh, cartridge. Yeah, it's it, a modern it's, day precision cartridge. It's uh, it's an offshoot of the six five and the six and and the twenty two two fifty. No, I'm sure it's been out what at least commercially yeah. loaded only a couple years, probably. But probably people were shooting it and probably doing it for between five and ten years. Yeah, because we looked at it for a while, and and we just tried to crunch the numbers and see if it made sense. You know, the six Creedmoor has been so unbelievable for us. Yeah, we've, we've killed a really, lot of stuff with it. Really, really loved the six Creedmoor, and it was hard to even envision not not living life high on the hog with the six Creedmoor. So, I, I mean, it slowed us down. But uh, yeah, what does it say here? I don't even know. Well, it's, it's been the, out for a while. Yeah, the th the funny thing to me, the twenty two Creedmoor. I remember us looking at it a couple of years ago on the way back from a trip, and I forget where we were coming from, but we were talking about it. Um, uh, maybe it was over by Cody or somewhere because I remember coming out. Um, I remember I thought we were in Montana somewhere. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, but I remember talking about it, and we looked at the ballistics charts, and we were like, you know, um, we were just so infatuated with the six and what we were doing with it the last. Because we counted the number of years. We've been killing crap for four years with the six Creedmoor. And I don't know, dozens, dozens of animals have oh my fallen gosh. to that six. Dozens. Dozens is almost a 
huge understatement to say dozens. And that's been an unbelievable gun. And, and, and we have just shot everything. And I know some people go, oh, man, you're undercalibered. But we've killed uh, pretty big stuff uh, quite a distance away with it. And it's worked really good. But anyway, so then the 22 Creedmoor hit the uh, stage a couple years ago. Nine years ago, it looks Was like. Was it nine years mm -hmm. ago? Nine years ago. But it really started gaining One some of our traction. buddies started messing with it. You'll know him. I'll tell you about him later. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Did he have one here for a, a coyote hunt that he came in and we stuck a bug, we got a buggy stuck? No, I don't know what he, I don't, I, anyway, you know, I mean, he's just a gun. So I remember, yeah. I remember when we were coyote hunting, uh, when I was doing the coyote shooting contest before Rolling Bones, but mm -hmm. pre-Rolling Bones, when I used to go hunting for coyotes about uh, 60 days a year, 50 days a year, um, we, uh, a lot of the, the craze was a 22 to 50 um, 22, 22 243s yeah. and stuff. 22-250 like Ackley Improved. Ackley Improved, thank you. That's what it was. 22-250 Ackley Improved. And um, and that was the big thing. They could shoot a little bit heavier bullet, and uh, it was smoking fast, and uh, they killed a lot of things with it. Uh, I shot a regular straight-up 22-250 in those coyote calling contests. Right. And, um, and, and you shot a 55-grain bullet. I well, shot a 55-grain well, bullet. So and, you're cooking it right along. And you know what? Honestly, I was never, I was never really uh, hindered by that small of a bullet until, you know, 400 yards with some wind. On calm days, you could deck things at 600 yards, no problem. 400 yards, yards with wind, wind, or when things got fast and furious, and you had two, three, four dogs come in, and you, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah I'm, I was pretty good with that. You, I, you I just always just boiler roomed them, didn't you? Yeah, just I, all, every well, time. Well, I didn't, but I was pretty good at lowering my. Uh, um, Zoom down, and I know that a 22-250 for a lead, it's a super easy lead theory, okay, or um, or uh, strategy, and you don't you you literally just shoot body height on it. I noticed two weeks ago you weren't doing so good on the zoom because when things were getting fast and furious, I remember. Is this is this where you want to talk about all the misses on coyotes this year? <laughs> Because we can sure oh do that, gosh. Brad. <laughs> Judas Priest, man. A little heavy over there. So, anyway, our real-world problems. But back to the thing is, um, uh, no, you know, I, I really did. But I only shot a – I shot a uh, 15 power back then um, on coyotes. Um, I, I shot a Night Force. And uh, I had a 3 to 15. And so – but anyway, uh, the, the 22, I liked the speed of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it was flat. But no anyway, recoil, and you put a brake on it. Yep. And we went into this, uh, um, we went into this, uh, what is it, um, this 22 Creedmoor business because I had one made about a year ago. Yep. And we, 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 we built it on a 17-inch barrel, which we had this perfect strategy. In the 17-inch barrel, the way we were running it with the brake, it was really loud. And we have these little four-inch hunting cans, and it was just enough powder in there that it was it was more than we wanted with the 17-inch barrel. Well, it jumped too much. It jumped a little too much. I mean, yep. part of a good coyote gun or a varmint gun or a good youth gun, in my opinion, is not a lot of kick. And to be able to see the blood splatter. Yep. You shoot coyotes for two reasons. Uh, well, three. One, to put them in the back of the pickup. Yep. Two, to watch them fall at the end of your barrel. And three... Skin them out and sell the furs, maybe. Um, but uh, but but for me, right. it's, it's about to shoot them. it was to put them in the back out of the picture, trigger squeezes, and take them into a contest. And I know that's super controversial. And to help out the local wildlife herds. Well, hundred percent, that's what it's doing. You know, I saw a post this morning on coyotes just ripping an animal apart. 
you know, a deer. And I understand that people think they're a cute little furry critter, but they sure aren't cute to a deer. Um, well, they're tough. A pack of them can kill a lot of deer. Yeah, th they do what they do. But anyway, this 22 Creedmoor. So um, so we bought a 22 Creedmoor. I had one built, 17-inch barrel, and we put that little can, the 4-inch, four 4-ounce four can on it. It was too small. It was too small. Yep. It just wasn't wasn't what we were looking for, and we kind of shelved our project. Well, because the barrel is carbon, though, and then the stock is carbon. So you had a naturally light, and you had some titanium rings on it. So you have a very light setup. So with a very light titanium can, you have no end weight. Right. No. It's not designed. Those those cans are perfect for a little longer gun, a little bit bigger barrel. I mean, a little bit heavier gun. Right. Right? I mean, ultra light they, is they not what you're trying to do. On my they, six. they are the perfect hunting mountain gun. Hunting suppressor. Yeah, but if you want to, you, because you're not trying to really save. We already have an ultralight gun, so you yes. it doesn't. It actually balances the gun better when you put the bigger can on the end, like you have. Yeah, actually, so we we put a nine inch can back on it because we shelved the project for a good year. I bet. Well, you said on the way home from Montana last week, you go, Brian. I think you should take your 22 Creedmoor and you should put your big can on it. And I'm like, hmm, interesting thought. That'd make it 24 inches. 20, well, nine inch, 17. Uh, 26 it's 26. It's the same it's as a 24 inch PRC with a two inch break. Yep. yep. So it was like, hmm, exactly. Yep. And that's that's a perfect way to look at it. So we were like, because you got a carbon barrel, so you only have 17 inches of carbon, so you only have not even two pounds of barrel, probably a pound and a half of barrel. So you put the, the you put the silencer on it. Now you actually have a barrel that's balanced better. Right. So we did that, and we took it home, and you said I'll build some bullets. Um, and we couldn't even find the other bullets because the project had kind of cooled off and went away. Yeah, because I, I had a whole, I had the ladder test prepared, and then we just shelved it because I was going to work up the load. But I did have, I did have a load, and I, I circled back around and almost ended up the same load. But this little sucker, we're shooting seventy-five grain bullets at thirty-four hundred feet per second, and the barrel's really not broken in yet. It's going to speed up a skosh more, and it's kind of funny serendipitously. I ended up with a whole bunch of powder that I normally wouldn't have purchased that worked really, really well in it. Yeah, it, it made a it made an incredible load. <laughs> well, I mean, well, yeah. Go ahead. And well, I think to compare the also because I think everybody goes back to the twenty two two fifty when you're thinking about a twenty two caliber as far as least guys my age and older. Uh, and if you so a, a twenty two two fifty with a fifty five grain bullet is shooting probably between 35 and 37 grains of powder with a 55. And you're shooting between 42 and, say, 43 and a half, maybe even 44 if you want a hot load with a 75-grain bullet. 42.7 so on this load. Yeah, so you're substantially, you're five to six grains more powder with a bullet that weighs 20 grains more. So it has a lot more case capacity than a 22-250. Yeah, 45% more bullet. And what you're trying to do is is a, the 22 Creedmoors feed a lot better in a magazine-fed gun. Than a 22-250. 22-250 feeds really well in like an ADL or BDL because they're tapered, and so but they don't feed as well in um, in a magazine. So guys that want to shoot magazines would take the 22-250 before the Creed came along and blow it out and make a 22-250 actually improved a magazine feed it to put a one and eight twist. Now you can do it with a factory cartridge. And without having to go through fire farming and making the brass no, for a twenty two fifty. I shot a magazine in my twenty two two fifty and never. You can't, but they problems. don't feed as good. These straighter cases are designed for magazines, and the tapered ones feed a lot better in the ADL or BDL. Because that, that's all I ever shot on my twenty two two fifty. Was the BDL? Was the yeah? That me too. I, uh, my twenty two two fifties are all. Uh, and they'll. I shot a Browning A bolt that I tricked out, yeah. and it had the clip. 
-huh. fell off the bottom. The problem is if you ever left the clip there, um, you're in big trouble. You're always going back to your stand looking for uh, where you had the clip. But so, but these new modern cases, or a magazine, your your more your more modern straighter cases with le less taper just feed better. Your PRC lines. Your WSM lines, these lines all feed better in a, in a magazine than a BDL or ADL. Well, we t we tooled around and played the coyote game. We played the predator game with that, and it was it was a, a it's, it was really effective with that twenty two Creedmoor. Oh yeah, the twenty two Creedmoor is going to be awesome because honestly, um, what we were shooting prairie dogs, flipping them out consistently at four hundred yards, no problem. Um, but it's going to be it, it's a super flat rifle. And uh, the way the way we've got it set up now. And, well, you uh, you have a legitimate, say, six seven hundred yard coyote gun, and a twenty two two fifty. In my opinion, is once you get past three fifty or four hundred, the wind drift's atrocious, right? And so yeah, you got it a, is. You yeah. got a BC of point two five or something, isn't it, with a twenty two two fifty V max? Bad. And this is what about point four? Point four seven, four yeah. six seven. So on you're this bullet, you're over point two more. So you're not quite double the BC going from a 55 VMAX to a 75 grain ELD match, which is huge when you get at range. Yeah, and I was I was impressed with that um, because we ended up shooting that deer Mason shot his first buck with the 22 Creedmoor. Unbelievable, sweet little kid's gun. Mason got sensitive ears, and he always wants to put you know plugs in or muffs on or. And we shot. Yeah, it. he didn't even hear it, did he? No, he was like, "Oh my gosh!" It didn't hurt my ears because he uh, he didn't have time. He was fumbling around with those uh, plugs, <laughs> and he shot. And he saw. He literally saw the bullet hit the deer, which is neat for an inexperienced shooter. Also, confidence boost. Two hundred eight yards, which that's a, that's a distance that it's harder to get back. On, you know. It's harder and you if don't you have, have a much recoil. You, he didn't have a negative reaction from it overkicking. No. And and he, when he hit it the first shot, the deer jumped up, and it was just back a little bit, liver shot, tail end of his lungs, liver, jumped up, ran up the hill maybe three steps, and then just started walking backwards like a oh, lion. It was sick. Yeah, I am oh sick, my man. Gosh. And then the deer is all, you know, spread out on fours trying to keep his wheels under him. And then I was like, uh, I was, uh, rack another one, and he racked it so fast. I mean, yeah. it was just like automatic for him. And then he, I said, "Yawn, I'm, I'm, I got it," you know. And uh, I'm like, "Okay." When he turns broadside, I want you to put it right in behind his neck, right on the point of his shoulder. Oh, Mason is Brad's kid, um, <laughs> his, his son, your second son. That's right, my and it was my your, middle child. And you, you, he's your middle child, yep. and he was uh, his first buck. This is his first buck. He decided, you know, he he just wasn't into the hunting thing until he decided he was into it, and now he's into it, and he's really enjoying it, and we're having a lot of fun, but. It, uh, yeah, he uh, he jacked that sack. First of all, um, the gun was set up perfect for him. We'll have to do a podcast on the actual hunt because it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, we'll do. You know what? We'll do a podcast on all of our first deer. Yep. What do you think? Super. Anyway, go um, ahead. <laughs> and he he hit that, and he was excited because he did see. I did notice. I thought I overheard an expletive. <laughs> oh, he he he's, he on the he second for, shot. He, no, yes, he forgot his dad was behind him, and he goes that dropped right there. The I F bomb. Just, no, he goes I just dropped that. 
<laughs> and I was like, I was like, I loved it, man, because he lost his mind. He got so excited. He saw Super it. Super excited. He, he saw he it. He reverted back deck. to what he would normally talk like when he's not around dad. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and Uncle Brian uses a little bit more of that word around him. Then his dad's pretty good at not using it around him, and I guess I, I slip more at, like, on the traditional. I am a bad influence, but at least I'm sh- teaching no, him a good way to I, do an it. An iPhone is a much worse influence than you are saying anything. So, <laughs> but it was cool because, you know, the, the six Creedmoor has been what he – we used the uh, we used the six comp last year. The six comp's just snappier. Um, it's, a, it's really nice, but it's a more of a – it's more of a grown-up legit gun. Now, the sixes – the sixes work really well. This is absolutely perfect, though. Perfect for a young, a young hunter, um, because there's no recoil. Very, very quiet. Very easy to shoot. So he dumped that sucker, and then of course um, I like to do a necropsy on all of our deer, or elk, or bear, or whatever it is we shoot. It's just kind of habit now. <laughs> Brian always laughs about it. Well, I knew it was happening on this one because we had a new bullet. Yep. So we were able to do a necropsy, and I loved what your son asked. Okay, so what's a necropsy? Because he has a thirst. Again, it's hard for me not to do We'll have to do a podcast on this because it was so special. But anyway, we went up there, and he watched that bullet. But back to the gun real quick. With that 9-inch can at 200 yards, you can watch your stuff hit. We were shooting prairie dogs the night before, and you were just watching them flip up in the air. And uh, um, it, it is it is a it's going to be amazing amazing yeah. varmint rifle, but it's going to be a great deer rifle. Yeah, because we were literally we were testing our ranging abilities. We were shooting uh, prairie dogs at between a thousand and eleven hundred yards, and and it was uh, it's got all the snap and reach to get way yeah, out there. No issue there because <laughs> you're not going to shoot a prairie dog of the twenty two two fifty with a one in ten or twelve twist. At 800 or 1,000 yards. No, and we were at, at – so so we have it suppressed with a 9-inch can, and we were 1,122 yards from the prairie dog, and I watched the bullet hit about a quarter inch beside it, and Brad's like, you just missed that thing to the right um, by an inch. And so at that distance, prairie dogs – first of all, the, the suppressor, the ones at 300 weren't running away from us. So he didn't even know what was going the on. One, no, they no, were but, indifferent. But it was close enough to him that that yeah. bullet oh. – he went, what the hell was that? He jumped up, ran back to his hole like – Pucker factor what, what, nine. I don't know what that was, <laughs> but it wasn't where, good. Where did that come from? <laughs> there was some shrapnel shit just landed so, right by my nose. So, you know, what? It was, it was actually pretty cool because we incorporated <laughs> a lot. We incorporated gun testing that night. We were, you know, because we're doing this big, uh, we're doing this big range finding binocular review, and we were running different binoculars and trying. At twelve hundred yards, a prairie dog is super hard. You got to range find the mound. You don't range find the prairie That's dog. That's exactly right. Yep. Range finding a prairie dog at twelve hundred yards is not, it's probably easier to hit one with a three seventy five at twelve hundred yards. No, and we had one. we had some of our targets set up, yeah, and close. so there's there's some mounds. There was are, some reference points yeah. that would provide some adequate opportunities for us to get an accurate range. Yeah. Because shooting some, at prairie dogs that are over 1,000 <laughs> yeah. yards, the hardest part is actually is actually getting the correct range. Right. right. And we and some of them we were off. You know, yeah, we were off. We were off on some. It's like, oh. It's easy to be off 50 to 80 yards at yeah. that when you And at that an range, you need that 50 and 80 yards. You need 10, 15 yards, yes. not 80 <laughs> but, yards. But what it was is it was good practice because you, you really, you know, you try to dial in on your uh, focal distance uh, and, and where the target in the – reticle of your rangefinder intersect here's the other thing with that rifle now that stock is, and we don't need to talk about the stock but the stock for me is a little short right right so you yeah. you robbed a butt pad 
Uh, an extended. I always have some emergency butt pads when I travel internationally. Right. So you robbed it's one. It's a Pacmeyer. And uh, and we a put decelerator. it on So my 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 trigger pull was perfect for me on that. Because you would be you would really be a, a 14 inch length of pull normally, maybe yeah. a little more. Probably, yeah, maybe a little bit more, whatever. And, and this gun came standard with about a 13 and a half, so you're at least a half inch shorter than you right. should be. And with the short action and the titanium rings without a Picatinny rail, you can't put the scope forward far enough. Right. So that so you got to make pad, the stock longer. It helped me a lot. And so you, we're talking about. Uh, he was laughing. And I was having problems with the uh, range on coyotes. Um, I was not shooting a bunch the weekend before. I was doing the calling, and I had a coyote come right down below me. Uh, we were in some, and I knew he was going to come out there too. I was like, well, when I sat down, I was like, you know what? We're going to set one up right there. Well, then I got excited, and I for, and I hadn't shot a coyote for a few weeks. So the sun was at my back. I should have known he was looking into the sun and taking my time. But I'm kind of twisted around with that barrel wobbling. And uh, um, and the eye box in that um, VX3 is, is killed ma mass amounts of things. But it's not even close to the same no, it's is that VX5. Not even like, like not no, even in the No, you're same. running a VX6 on that one. Oh, yeah, I am. The, yeah. the, the 4 to 24, which is the greatest, <laughs> which, which I'm so happy Because you had that on, four, on 24 power a couple times. Is this one that you can do three times. revolutions or and two it was revolutions? Like three revolutions. And there were a couple of, couple of instances when Brad and Brian were kind of who, who was getting their gun. And Brian's like, you like, left my scope on. Because you don't usually do that. I, no. Well, I got out of the truck, and, and he shot a uh, – porcupine and my scope was then back on high zoom again and i was like what the hell i'm having a little bit of a problem here today um but uh, the good news is is we've uh, we've made up for it so uh but you get in those glitches you never right? assume you anything it. no after you make your shot you, you turn the gun reset. back down to and 200 zero or well, whatever how many millions of times have six. you done it and it's easy to let her slide, I guess. If you well, know. it is, and and when you're out of practice, the thing about coyote hunting, and we could do a podcast on coyote hunting too, or varmint hunting, and the approach to shooting and setups and everything. You know what we should do? We should do a video on that. We've probably already done a podcast. What was the number? What is it? Okay. Um, well, not not forty four. Oh, 24. So here, if you want to go back and reference the one 24, but we could probably do a better job um, because we could do one where, but anyway. There's, well, there's the 22 Creed is going to get some heavy action because yeah. I, I'm I'm already trying to decide 17-inch barrel. I'm going to go 18-inch barrel. You should do 16-and-a-half. 16, 16, yeah, 16-and-a-half, 17, 18. What's somewhere. legal? 16. 16? 16 is the bottom. Now I think that's, yeah, that's why. So if you did a 16 and a half inch barrel with that nine inch can, or you, you have a seven inch Thunder Beast, don't you? No, I don't have a Thunder Beast. Oh, you I don't have, have any, lanes. Uh, no, 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 no. I've got, uh, I've got some uh, Mac Brothers. Oh, you do? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Seven so, inch or nine inch or both? Well, the you Mac. You the one that converted from I can, seven to nine. Yeah, that converts. And, and I was <laughs> thinking, I'm tempted. I don't know that I'm going to go full blown four to 24. I might go three to 18. In the in the VX6. Oh man, um, oh you really? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't need I don't need for as much. No, for a predator gun though. Here's the question. Here's the thing. Well, I shouldn't say that because well, when you're when you're shooting wind, it does matter on a second focal. And point. and maybe but with that 22 Creedmoor, I I would because I would. It's I, so easy to stay on target with that. For me, it's I like know. 24 power. This is the gun to have it on. And the other thing is, it's a, it literally. Oh, do I need to bring a spotting scope? Nope. Everything within a thousand yards, I'm going to be able to pick up with this 24 power and look at what I need to look at it with it. You know what I'm saying? See you how you shoot golf balls at 300 yards or whatever you want. With you it. shoot a golf ball 300 yards. See if it's a trophy coyote. Is that what you're? 
you're thinking you're going to no, have to size him no, up. No, deer. I'm hunting deer with that thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I would not be afraid. After watching what it did, that bullet went through. Mason legitimately hit that thing on the point of its shoulder. The, the, the bone that comes up at an angle and the scapula, that's that mm -hmm. uh, blade bone, right? The yep. seven bone is what we call it, or scapula. Yep. Meat science coming out in me. And so that comes like this, right? And there's that ball. He hit it right on the point of that yep. thing. And you couldn't have made a better high shoulder shot. No. And, and right behind that scapula is the spine that dips down a little low there and then starts running back down its loins. And... He smoked that thing, and yep. that bullet went all the way through because it was quartering ass just a little bit. It did bit. the spine and the scapula? It, it took every – it was a perfect high shoulder shot. It took – that deer, when he did that, it looked like a Mack truck hit it and just yep. tipped it over. It was, yep. like a, it was like a headshot. It was exactly like yeah, a Yeah, because I pulled – how many pieces of scapula did I pull out of the lung? Seven, eight, probably. Probably seven, eight, and laid them all over on the liver. I did. I laid them on the liver because I – So you did an autopsy. <laughs> he did a, a – yes. Necropsy. Yeah. And, and Brad's uh, – I always go back to that. I forget. <laughs> so Mace and Brad's boy, was, we're walking over there. And Brad and I – and we shot it at the nastiest, furthest back point on the ranch you could possibly shoot one. In the roughest, gnarliest, crazy country. So I'm like, Brad, Brad's like, maybe we can pull it around the uh, the crease there on the side and we can drag it out. And I'm like looking at Brad. I go, Brad, you forget there's one gnarly little lip there that we can hardly get through. And it was a mile. It would have been a long drag. It, it, it was a mile. So we just said, oh, let's just empty the packs. We'll throw it out there. We'll throw it in bags, throw it in our packs, and, and uh, we'll take care of this animal. It'll be a good experience for Mr. Mason Dana. Right. And uh, so anyway. you guys packed it out in the yeah, packs? Yeah, we packed it out in the packs. So anyway, um, no problem. And it took us 20 minutes. To, yeah, it was to, nothing. I mean, take care of it. We spent more time tearing apart because he, he wanted to know, what's that shiny thing? Yeah. The rumina. Yeah. So we tore that apart yeah. and showed what's him. What's that great big shiny thing? I said, that's the rumina. What's a rumina? It's the first stomach in an animal. Uh, in, in, uh, you know, either cows have it, deer have it. So uh, he goes, what's in that thing? So I said, we're going to find and, out. And, because and, we're gonna and vegans are having it now. They're starting to grow an extra yeah. stomach vegans. Well, here's the thing. Well, I showed him where the tripe came from. It was really, right. it was a good experience cool. for him. It was cool for him. But anyway, back to the 22 Creedmoor without digressing too much because that should be it for another podcast. Um so, because uh, he went, the bullet he, went yeah. completely through that. We recovered the bullet on the far side, one rib up in its rib cage. So that was so if it hit the point of its shoulder, it made it to one rib up uh, from the back of its rib cage by its skirt or in its flank uh -huh. or paunch. Okay, yep. and it was buried up against the hide, just about ready to rip through the hide. Yeah, it didn't. It just. Just hit the hide. It just didn't. hit the hide. There yep. was there was uh, some trauma yep. that the bullet came with it, and, and I, it went through a rib too. And it went through a rib. I bet it was seventy percent um, intact. I have it somewhere. I wonder if it's in your truck because I couldn't. I was gonna. I bet it was seventy. He would have been. Yeah. Brian Martin would have been like, Ooh, let's oh, yeah. weigh this bullet. So I showed it to Lindley that probably. night, and she wasn't as in, she wasn't as enamored by it. You know it what? Though actually, Lindley was pretty enamored because later she goes, "That that cr that's crazy." She did when we t picked it upside down, and you showed her the difference between oh, yeah. the thirty caliber yeah. and that twenty-two caliber, yeah, yeah. and the ends where it was. Right. She's like, so she asked me, she goes, "Why would you ever want to even shoot that smaller bullet when you can shoot that much bigger of a bullet?" And I told her, I said, "Shot placement, recoil. velocity, and recoil for management. every action. Well, there, it, there it, is an equal and opposite a reaction. More kick the same as a three hundred. Norma, I would always shoot a 300 Norma. <laughs> exactly. right? But unfortunately, they don't. Oh exactly. It's like having a hot chick with a low IQ. They do not perform the same. <laughs> you do not want to be around one of those 24-7. When they emotionally lose it, they're, they're, they're off. It's like driving a Ferrari every day. When you get ice and stuff, it's not a good idea. Uh, 
You need a daily driver, and a 300 Norma is not a daily driver. So Ryan's so, back so, from last week, so man. He's smoking hot chick. Uh, you, where you, was you he should last always have week, a daily man. driver that's not smoking hot. Is that what you're saying? Well, you have to. There's some compromises out there. You think so? You're <laughs> an authority on this too. How'd that work for your marriage? I haven't been married. <laughs> I have a lot of observations though. I've asked lots of questions. Uh, you've been in the you've been yeah. in hunting camp way too long with way too many men oh, telling you about their their relationships. So we were we were hiking over, and basically I said, "Well, we're going to have to do a necropsy on this." Mason was like, "What's a necropsy?" And so and, I told and, him. And your your uh, your your definition was perfect. So why don't you tell us so everybody knows? Well, he said, "Oh, you mean like an autopsy then?" And I said, "Oh, very good, grasshopper, very good." But I said, "An autopsy is on the same yourself, essentially the same species." So I said, "We do the necropsy on." And so he thought that was he was intrigued. Necropsy is on an animal. On an animal, yeah. So I bet you he knows what a dirty Sanchez more than what a necropsy was. <laughs> So anyway, we looked everything over, and uh, he thought it was cool. We hit he hit that liver on the opposite side, and it just split the liver. It had so much concussive force, you know that uh, split that liver is not a good deal. The permanent crush cavity on that thing just tore it. I mean, it just literally like well, a star speed, on the speed exit. Speed kills as oh long as gosh. the bullet doesn't blow up on the skin. Which. Yes, because it was cooking right along. So you know, so this bullet, the bullet it, held together with the velocity that it, it was at. Because two hundred yards. But if you shot, if you took a, a six point five PRC, for example, and shot an eighty five or hundred grain ballistic tip at thirty four hundred feet a second, and you hit a deer, it probably would perform not as good as this. Well, I've had trouble with burgers if you go past about thirty two, thirty two fifty. Um, even like on big animals, even three thousand thirty one is kind of the kind of the max you want to do for some of those. So this was interesting because it was close enough. It was I don't know what it was going. I guess we could figure that out. I at got 200 it. Yards but it was still here. moving quick. I yep. got it. Yeah. Um, I I just about had it up. Thir- so, about thirty fifty. So at uh, at three hundred and fifty yards, there's a two point. If the two hundred yards zero, okay, there's a two point four minute elevation. Um, necessary for that, okay? Which is only seven um, and a half inches of bullet drop. Which is is seven and a half inches 7. of bullet 2 drive. Seven point two to be exact. Yep. Um, well, it's two point four. So at three hundred and fifty, it would be yeah, seven point five. Seven, yeah. Seven right in there. Yeah. Seven seven point four. Seven point two. Seven point two. So there's basically seven inches of bullet drop. And your velocity is still twenty seven. No, it's three thousand. It's it's still at three thousand feet, feet per second, second. at three hundred. Well, this no, was at two hundred. At two hundred. But at three fifty, it's twenty seven fifty. I bet. Two oh eight. We were at two hundred eight yards. Two hundred eight yeah. yards. And what was that? Oh, here I got it. Um, and uh, I just had it up there too. Um, and uh, Dana. Um, so I would tell you at three fifty, the velocity's at twenty six sixty four. So it's still cooking along really good. Yeah. And at two fifty. Um, yeah, three thousand feet per second is basically what it is. It it, it yeah. held it held together. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing because before these kind of guns came along, guys had to build wild wildcats. They would buy a, build a twenty two two forty three or twenty two rock chucker Durham jet. They called it a twenty two twenty two rock chucker, and they put a one and eight, and they'd shoot a seventy five or seventy seven grade match bullet out of it. Now. You can get the 22 Creedmoor. You can get a one and seven, one and seven half, one and eight twist. Shoot a 75 to a 90 grain bullet, depending on what twist. Yeah. And basically, you can replace a 243 and a 22 250. 
So instead of having the 2250, which is a zero to 350 yard coyote gun, and the 243 is whatever, zero to six or 700 yard, now you can shoot one gun, still shoot some deer and antelope with it. And, you know, you got a 3,400 feet per second velocity. So you got super flat shooting like a 22250, but you have more retention of velocity and less wind drift like a 243 with a little less recoil. So you can replace two guns with one. Yeah, it really two does. Two old, old standby calibers. Yeah, I, 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 I am the brass. So impressed with it. Super good brass. They have amazing brass for shooting small rhymer, small primer. Small primer, which are typically a little more accurate, and they give you a little bit better, more brass life. Yep. So you got more brass there, so the primer pocket's smaller. Yep. So the last one, you can shoot a higher pressure load with a smaller po primer pocket. Yep. And uh, our load is, it's, it's uh, you know, mild. You know, it's probably a teeny bit warmish but it's not hot by any means there's no brass stickage or anything so so no. to me this gun is a 700 yard coyote gun all day long at 700 yards you have 10.6 uh, minutes of uh, elevation necessary and at 700 even the bullet's still going 2031 feet per second wow yeah. and that's a 75 grain redhead right 75 grain tumbleweed and that's man. substantially it was more knocking than stuff down substantially yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and we we were hesitant on that 17-inch barrel, but man, I'm I'm thinking no more than 18 is what what we're gonna yeah, start building it, these it, as. It, it, it's hey, listen, if you uh, if you want one, shameless plug for ourselves. If you want a 22 Creedmoor, we and you want uh, uh, somebody who's done the work, put it together, has the data, can send it out to you, uh, zero to 700 yards, kill a coyote if you can shoot it that well. Because um, there's some days on coyotes I can't. I don't get buck fever on mule deer but i get buck fever on coyotes coyote fever um but i'm not the only one i know a bunch of people that most do people do oh yeah. my gosh they're you, so you, fun you, though you wait until you shoot baboons you're gonna get a baboon fever <laughs> am i gonna like that oh yes <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is hilarious. Yes, because well, the the weekend before we had that coyote and that little fart came in and stopped at what was he five hundred and eighty yards. Yeah, and we were sitting on the side and we just called one in. It snuck right behind me that, and he was in the he was in the dunescape of the you know Mars or the Moon or something. I mean that that chunk that he came across was barren rock and it was that cool colored rock and sand and stuff it was badlands s very badlands s that chunk of uh it's really neat country where we're oh in. yeah we're, we're in this stuff and it's hard to walk across some you of were going to tell the story yeah. about 580 yards but this so so we're on this steep side hill and brian goes brian goes he goes are you really steady and i go well i'm about as steady as i'm on shooting sticks with a coyote that's facing me, on laying a down degree. on a 35-degree <laughs> slope with my shooting sticks in a 12-mile-an-hour wind. So I'm that steady. And on, and on, and on a surface, like, it's like walking on marbles. Right. It's, uh, so. My analogy is you're on an ice skating rink, uh, the hill on an ice skating rink with uh, ball bearings on it. That crap is so slippery. Yeah, that's, that's a, that, is, that is like not stable. I said I'm, I'm sneaking down 60 yards away. There's a little flat plateau. I'm, I'm going to try to get to that. So I'm like, Brett, get over to that plateau. I'll watch this animal. If you can get there, then I'll come over. 
And Brian, well, Brian's got the trusty 20, uh, 22 Creed, and I'm shooting. No, 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 no. I was shooting the 6 Creed. Oh, more you were. Yes, you sir. were on the 6 Creed. So, more. yeah, my data was true and blue and oh, yeah, tested yeah. well. So. so, but we even, even at that, that coyote was laying down facing us, and I think our rangefinders were hitting, because usually we'll try to rangefind right in front of the animal, and we were probably. 20, we were trouble because he was on a flat right there, and it was probably ranging about twenty yards short. But that uh, I think that twenty-two Creedmoor that might have been just zippy enough because you'd have been at thirty-four hundred instead of three thousand. Because we both landed about four inches in front of him because we we squeezed the trigger off at the exact same time. We did the old uh, double double one two three shoot, and we were just short of him, but. Uh, it sent him out of the country pretty fast. Oh, it too. did. We educated that coyote, <laughs> but we had fun. So there, there, there. Go ahead. Oh, my shameless plug! If you're building, if you if you want a twenty, if you're a varmint hunter and you want a gun that has all the data done, and just get a hold of us. Go to rollingbones.com and uh, click on the uh, contact us button. On it's all over on there. You can't miss it if you're looking for to contact us or give us a call at 605-644-8000. Get a hold of us. We'll build one of those suckers for you. This one's tricked out. This is on a, on a mousing field action. Is that yep. right? Mousing uh, field action. Mousing field we action. A, we we put this on the. Uh, the open top mousing field, so you have the titanium rings on them. Yep. 20, uh, 20 minute rings built in already. And I got the new VX6. Super six, sweet. Yeah. Three, two, well, these, uh, actually, this, but normally though, if I was going to have it, build one from scratch, I'd put the pick rail on it. Yeah, yeah. We, we, and there was a couple things, but the fact of the matter is, we can build you one. We can uh, talk to you about that. We can customize it to fit you and your needs. And I'm telling you, this 75 grain bullet. Um, if you're looking for a system that has all the data and all the work done, get a hold of us. We'll uh, get one built, ship it out to you, and you'll be killing coyotes. And uh, um, and then and nothing else. Call me, and we'll talk about coyote hunting. Yes, we uh, we we <laughs> played love, with we played with 69 the 69 grain nozzlers the 70 burgers 70 burgers a 75 these we 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 ran a bunch of uh different bullets through its paces and this one we settled on we kept coming back to this we were really happy with it well i will tell you this it's a quill pig killer oh um, my gosh we know that and uh so um, porcupines ranchers hate porcupines they rip their country up and they just kill well, fishing trees. game has a bounty on them and they kill the trees out there. Yeah. I mean, they just they they literally pillage the trees. And if you're in the mountains, they'll eat all the plywood off your decks and your flooring. Yeah, they're they're the they're, they're a nasty little critter. But anyway, well, so rock chucks will do that. So the rancher, uh, they they uh, um, they appreciate us bringing them back, and then what they do, and I don't know what they use those hides for, but they sell them for ten. There's a, a, he used to get a ten dollar bounty on them, I think, or something like that. And now he gets more. Just for the the quill, the, the long hairs, not even the quills. So, but those quills are amazingly tough. You I know, got one stuck into my jacket, um, and you could not you could not grab it with your hands yeah. and pull it out. It just slipped right off, and it was tied into my jacket so tight. They're you know so what? A porcupine. Hard. I just thought of a porcupine. You would be good use. What was that thing that they had the protest? Uh, and and was it New York or um, Washington D.C. where all the protesters were out in the grass? Yeah, camping. You go at, at night and put a bunch of porcupine quills around like the Woodstock Convention where they're running around bare feet. That would be good entertainment. Yeah, that would be really good just to have them out there and see what oh they do with goodness. them. So anyway. <laughs> so so listen. There was a name for that protest. Remember the walk, lock, what do they call I that thing? Know. You would know. Yes. Occupy Wall Street with porcupine quills. Because I guarantee a lot of those guys are barefoot. 
Oh my gosh! All you gotta do is go to Catherine's and 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 the outback of um, of uh, so Australia and put welcome a bunch of to Rolling Bones Rolling Hunt the World. Brian Martin is back. Yeah, <laughs> on on and twenty two Creedmoor and the, the uh, Occupy Wall Street. Um, exactly with porcupine quills. So but now it can be the Antifa rally. Anyway. The 22 Creedmoor, I would say, exceeded our expectations. Yep. Um, it is my go-to rifle. That rifle, I will shoot deer. Actually, this weekend we'll, we have we, West River yep. deer. Um, I'm going to kill my deer with that rifle. Yeah, I bet, we, I bet we get uh, between. I have a feeling that that'll kill 10 deer this Well, fall. that's how you test. In the next two weeks. If you don't have baboons and Impala, you got to shoot a bunch of deer. And we're going to shoot deer with it. And uh, so we'll shoot a bunch of deer with it, and we'll get it tested. And I will tell you this. I can promise you we'll even shoot some coyotes this coming weekend because I happen to know this ranch super well, and there's a handful of coyotes everywhere. This one wasn't so. as grazed down. So, no. No, 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 no. This, well, this other one looks like the This is moon. well cared for, this ranch. Th this one will have a ton of grass on it. So, anyway, well, listen, we appreciate you uh, joining us today, and hopefully this information helps. The 22 Creedmoor is uh, a crazy little cartridge, and uh, I'm really enjoying it as a predator hunter. Um, we uh, uh, we like to get out and shoot coyotes, and I like to have one gun. I particularly, or personally, specifically like to shoot a gun that uh, kicks less. I like a Brian, caliber. if you could have rewinded the clock 20 years ago, this gun would have, how many more coyotes would this gun have put in the, for multiple well, reasons? How, how much better would your hearing be? Oh, my gosh. That's the thing. I mean, I don't know what is credit your hearing loss more. And the wind. You know, trying to figure out a 55-grain bullet when you're sitting there yep. and dogwoods hold up at 500 yards in an 18 to 20-mile-an-hour wind. I mean, did we get a few of them? Yes. Could we have got a, quite a few more? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Well, if you shoot a suppressed 22 Creedmoor for coyote hunting, you can't blame your wife for hearing loss anymore. I mean, you, right, you, you but the damage is done. It. So I, I mean, you have to blame your wife blame, now because yeah. it won't be due to the gun. Yeah, it's toned up. I can't hear her tone. So anyway, well, here's a reminder: be sure to subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. Also, if you like, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Tell us what topics you like to hear. And uh, we want this podcast to be valuable to you. We want to help you understand what we're doing on a daily basis out there in the field, what's working, what's not working. We hope it's chock full of information. Reminder, real quick, um, go to rollingbones.com, check us out. Uh, our membership is built to service, access, value, and education. We have an application service that's, uh, in our opinion, second to none. Um, unlimited states, unlimited species. Go ahead and check it out. We have one that fits you no matter what your budget okay so until next time stay safe be healthy and happy hunting that's so stupid